Podcast. Hold on to your butts. We are changing the course of history as we see it. That is what Westcott demands. Now this affects Iris. Um, Iris, where are you? What you feel only matters to you. I do not entertain hypotheticals. The world as it is is vexing enough. Iris, I have a tip for you. Don't take drugs! Or Whatever Movies with Wesley and Iris. What up and welcome to Or Whatever Movies. I'm your co-host, Iris, and I'm here with my older brother, Wesley. Today, we're talking a movie from 2023 available on Netflix, a Netflix original, Extraction 2. Eagerly anticipated. I'll tell you how eagerly anticipated this movie was. It was probably 20 minutes in that I realized this wasn't Old Guard 2. What? Just because Chris Hemsworth and Charlie Theron look the same? <laughs> I was like, when is Charlie Theron going to show up? This is so weird. <sighs> but this is a single-handed, all-about-Chris-Hemsworth movie. Yeah. This is Chris Hemsworth action superhero. Well, it's the first of its kind. He's never played an action superhero before. If it's all about Chris Hemsworth, what is his name in this movie? Joe? <laughs> Joe Extraction. <laughs> oh yeah, Tyler. Tyler. Nick says Tyler a lot. Yep. Tyler Rake. Tyler Rake. That's a pretty badassy kind of name, Tyler Rake. Yeah, it always makes me think of Jeopardy when Alex Trebek the clue the answer was a gardening tool and also an immoral pleasure seeker. Like a But that's the archaic <laughs> that's the old definition and the dude was confidently like, What is a hoe? <laughs> Come on, they set him up for that. I, I completely agree. Well, good to know that Jeopardy writers have a sense of humor. Yep. Extraction 2, right out of the gate, the most unrealistic setup ever. Why? He felt Tyler Rake fell full of gunshot wounds into an Indian waterway and survived. I think in the best of health, you can't survive falling into an Indian waterway. The oh. chance for infection is through the roof. Yeah, even if you're not riddled with bullet holes? Yeah. Is it like a sepsis situation? It's pretty bad. Is that what you're worried about? Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. So if you had any doubts about his survival, they obviously start there with extraction too, to suggest that he was found by a little villager girl and then given expert medical care. Yep, expert. But boy, did we forget about that injury. His convalescence was... <laughs> Well, not only was it short, but it was cut short. And then he's crazy beating up people in prison, right? in like a prison riot. He just decided to be better. Yeah, it was all just a mental, it was just a narrative of health. Yeah. He told himself and suddenly he didn't need the, the knee brace anymore. Yeah, he was convalescing and then it was time for a new extraction. And he was like, oh, time to go. And like pulled all the stuff out and walked away. Yeah, he literally took his arm out of a sling and was like, <laughs> yeah, let's go. And then started doing push-ups and stuff. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All Jennifer Lopez style. Chris Hemsworth basically is just the male version of Jennifer Lopez in The Wolf or The Grey. Or what was that called? The Mother of All Extractions. The Mother. Oh, yeah. The Mother. Exactly. And that's what you meant by The Mother of All Extractions. This is basically The Mother, complete with the snowy isolated cabin and the annoying child that insists on like calling the wrong people. It's a new record. It's This is like annoying child summer. It's like the most... <laughs> Successively, the, increasingly the most annoying children. Man, I mean, the girl wasn't so bad. She's just, you know, dead weight that Chris Hemsworth has to carry around. But the boy, 
I mean, did he decide in the end where he stood? I don't really know. I think he saw that the guy was relentless and really didn't have his or his mother's best interest at heart. He apologizes to Chris Hemsworth, and he lets them know moments before the helicopter sound enters the scene that, you know, he's basically alerted the Nagazi to come and for the next set piece. But then after that, does he ever side with his mom? I don't know. Doesn't really matter. This is 30 seconds that we've devoted to not talking about Chris Hemsworth in Extraction 2, Rake's Redemption. I was going to say Extraction 2, All in the Family, yeah. or Family Matters. <laughs> family Matters. There was a lot of them. And uh, the, the mom was pretty much just as much dead weight as the kid. The mom's purpose in this movie was to carry the annoying kid. Who wasn't, she, uh, to mm. be fair, the daughter wasn't annoying. But they needed someone to transport that kid because Chris Hemsworth needed his hands free. Sure. I mean, he does, when they're basically just on the move from A to B, then he'll carry her. Yeah. But then, yes, when he's fighting and stuff, she just finds a corner to hide and can hold the baby. I don't know, man. Every bad guy had a bulletproof vest on, and they stripped none of them away for the benefit of the mother and child. Oh, yeah. See, now you're just... (laughs) I'm picking it apart. And talk about efficiency, man. Those are the most efficient bulletproof vests I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. You could take like a dozen to the chest and then just keep on fighting. Yep. And they're like, ugh, and they get back up. (laughs) Yeah. um, First of all, you're bringing reason into this where it doesn't belong because that would have been (laughs) way too reasonable to actually, you know, protect the mother and child reasonably. But also why if they all had bulletproof vests why did chris hemsworth and nick and fiaz continue to shoot everybody in the chest like don't you only go for headshots or knee shots yeah if anybody knows about getting shot above the vest it would be chris hemsworth who survived a shooting in the neck in extraction one yeah I think he gets stabbed or someone gets stabbed in the neck at some point in this one. It was the the guy that wasn't wearing a vest. It was the guy that got stabbed in the neck with a pitchfork. The pitchfork that was there at the grave site that was only they're like, hey, we're going we're gonna to murder that dude, right? Yeah, you, we're digging the grave for it. Okay, put that pitchfork because I got to stab him. There was no reason for a pitchfork to be there except to stab that dude in the neck. Yeah. Was it lost on you the fact that this was a Thor Heimdall reunion? Is that a Ragnarok reference or something? It is. Idris Elba played Heimdall, who's a like the steward of Asgard. Yeah, I know. You're speaking another language to me. But I was happy to see Idris Elba show up. I wanted more of Idris Elba. In fact, I thought Idris Elba was going to show up again when the Mercedes pulls up, but then it's his wife or his ex-wife. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he'll be back. While it hasn't been officially stated, uh, it seems that Extraction 3 is pretty much inevitable. He, they've got this new enterprise where there's a whole John Wick style slash Gray Man style backstory of the unknown boss who's doing the hiring for these major extractions. So what we're doing is we're setting up the extraction universe. And there's the unknown entity who I'm sure on some level is bad. And I'm sure Idris Elba on some level will be bad later. And maybe they'll mix universes. Because this is Joe and Anthony Russo, who directed some of the Marvel movies, in particular Endgame and Infinity War, and then carried Captain America over to the Gray Man, and Chris Hemsworth over to Extraction, and and Idris Elba now. And it's all the same, man. It's all the same. So the Russo brothers are basically creating their own action studio within Netflix, poaching all of the Marvel heroes? Well, yeah, they can. Just, you know, I don't know about poaching, but... Netflix, these kind of fast-paced action movies are their jam. 
Okay. So they're setting the groundwork for the Extraction universe. Did you rewatch Extraction ahead of Extraction 2? What kind of a nerd do you think I am? I tried. It did not matter in the slightest. The only one we needed to remember was Nick, the lady who hired him for the first one. So when Nick is sliding off the roof and Tyler times it so that he could save her, the bad older brother guy is like, you must really care for this woman. And I was like, yeah, but why or how? Like, why does he do they have a thing, Nick and Tyler? See, you'd think so. But this is actually to the actresses, actors, sorry, delight. Uh, she said that, th that this lady is a warrior, but she's not sexualized, which is very important to kind of move this genre forward. They are contemporaries. Um, she has kind of been pulled in, like Benji, Mission Impossible style, into field work. I'm not sure that she was always meant to be this, but now she's a fighter. And she saves his ass a couple of times. But it's clear their uh, affection for each other where he would risk his life to save hers and vice versa. And you need those kind of uncomplicated, less complicated relationship dynamics because people are going to die. And I saw Yaz, the brother, dying from moment one. Yeah, it was really just a matter of what set piece they were going to choose for him to die. I thought that for sure it was going to happen when um, when they started joking about the shirt. We're going to go do this and we're going to do that. And then we're going to get matching shirts. And then I was like, oh, Yaz is dying. Uh, <laughs> it was a joke to the fact that his dog ended up wearing the designer shirt. Uh, <laughs> right the valentino or whatever yeah much to kelly's annoyance because he went off to the woods and started his training montage right his rocky four in the snow shirtless training montage except none of it was shirtless and kelly ray was like Aww. he still has his shirt on that was supposed to be the eye candy like pleasing the ladies moment yeah but no because we would have seen his tattoos and we would have seen all his battle scars and chicks dig scars but he wore a shirt and the dog wore a shirt Yes, the dog wore apparently a very expensive shirt. So yeah, we saw that Yaz was expendable. And so that was unfortunate. Kind of knew that was going to happen. And then she had her moment in the helicopter, which was very sad. And then she was cleaning his body, which was very sad. And it gave her an opportunity to have a tender moment with Tyler. And you could see that they have, like you said, genuine affection for each other, although it's not sexualized. There was also pretty kick-ass Georgian female warriors. At least I saw one who yeah. had like braids in her hair. Yeah, she was very tall and very tough. She was standing in plain sight in the meeting when he calls them all together and says, we're going to go kick ass and, and go after this dude. And then Kelly spotted her and was like, look, a, a lady warrior. But she was there. She, she just, throws down. She, yeah, she blends in a little bit. She took out Yaz. And then, you know, well, not and I don't think she was the end of Yaz, but they definitely had a big fight. If I, if I recall correctly, I think it was in a stairwell. And then you knew that the Mohawk guy, the Mohawk Nagazi, was definitely going to play a good role. Yeah, it, it ended up being a John Wick or whatever, where it was really about the action sequences. But we knew that going in, right? It was just meant to be, you know, stylish and cool. A lot of these things weren't necessary, but it was fun. Um, is that your final rating? Uh, definitely I'm going to give an extraction, like an above the line rating because it was fun. It didn't bore me. And for some reason, as implausible as it was at times, it still felt more fun than something like the gray man. And I don't know, it, it felt brighter and not as heavy as the gray man did for me. Interesting. He, I mean, he murders a lot of people. Yeah, but that's his job. And, but he murders them while he's on fire. <laughs> yes, he does. And he looks pretty good doing it. Were the Nagazi like the Georgian armed forces? Like these guys were legit. 
Yeah, they were like a, a niche terrorist organization. And yet Chris Hemsworth literally takes them out single-handedly in the last set piece. So there's at least four set pieces. There's the initial extraction in the prison. There is the office building in Austria or is it Germany? Sure. That the boy causes to happen. Then there is... Yeah, there was the train. The prison leads to the train. Yeah. Anyway, and then there's the last one, which is just Chris Hemsworth going in alone to have like a revenge fight with older brother. Yeah. Or he's, he thought alone, all Sarah Connor style, when that's never the case. So maybe that's what Tyler thought. But what could possibly, what did the older brother, I need to get his name, Zurab? What did the older brother actually think was going to happen? Like he was like, inv- he invited Chris Hemsworth to the airstrip where they have just like their planes and their other vehicles and stuff just out and vulnerable, vulnerable. Like, I guess he had dudes on the perimeter. Did he not expect Chris Hemsworth to come in with a RPG? Yeah, and blow up his multi-million dollar airplane. Did he think he had like home court advantage? Shouldn't you pick someplace a little bit more, less vulnerable and more neutral? Right. For like the final showdown? Out in the snowfield. Older brother brought that on himself. <laughs> like, you don't invite Kaiser Sose to your airstrip. <laughs> Poster quote. And that was it. That was the whole movie. So it was basically just the Russo brothers writing connective tissue between set pieces they think would be cool. Yeah, maybe it's knowing that stuff up front that trips me up a little bit because I didn't necessarily feel. I was like, well, we're going with the flow. And obviously we're, we're, we're centered on action set pieces, but I didn't really feel that the connective tissue was just like, okay, downtime. When are we going to blow up a helicopter with a minigun again? Let's get to it, you know? I didn't really feel that way. I felt that there was enough complication in the relationship dynamics, particularly among family, that I was held. You know, we had Nick had her brother and their drama or like, you know, when she lost him. And then there was the there was the old the older kid and the dad and the older kid and the uncle and the uncle and his brother and Tyler and his wife and his dead kid. There's a lot. And going Tyler on. and his his sister-in-law. Yeah. Right. And his niece and nephew. Yeah, I I don't think either of them knew who he was. It was just like the uncle was like, he's the man who killed your dad. And and it's not untrue. He did kill that kid's dad. But I don't know that he was like, well, this is uncle betrayal or whatever. I mean, that was his brother-in-law. Yeah. Or no, cousin-in-law. Does cousin-in-law even count? (laughs) Because if it's his wife's, his wife's sister would be his sister-in-law. So it was his brother-in-law. Man, the mystery He killed deepens. his own brother-in-law, who apparently, you know, wasn't always like, wasn't always a drug kingpin. Maybe he was a legitimate shepherd, and then they came up with the drugs, and they, like, doubled down on the drugs and stuff, and then he became this bad guy? Sure. He was crazed with power. Was Tyler with his ex-wife in Extraction 1? Nope. Tyler had, he started out as the hero with nothing to lose, and then, so therefore it wouldn't have been out of the question that he would have died at the end after fulfilling his purpose if you if you need to know anything about extraction one before extraction two it's that he tried to save a kid because he's an extractor and he saved the kid and then he may or may not have died but he had nothing to live for because he had abandoned his kid as we were repeatedly told in this movie reminded anyway so he was completely without purpose and this movie started no with no more purpose now than than he was in the last movie but uh, this gives him, uh, the extractions give him purpose. Okay. We need at least that much backstory for extraction two. Yeah, that's really it. He's an extractor and he's sad. 
<laughs> and so now they're slowly revealing a little bit about his sadness. Yeah. And unfortunately, therefore, he has a soft spot, it seems, for kids. The kid in Extraction 1 was a stupid, nowhere near as stupid as the kids in this movie, who not only got hurt all the time, but were, you know, betrayed him and like ratted him out and stuff. I mean, even Kelly Ray, who's all about like saving the kids and stuff, she saw that one kid and the look in his eyes and she's like, that kid is going to be a problem. And he, the kid was a good kid. I mean, at the, at the top, he cares about his mother. You know, he asks if she's okay. It was so bizarre that they, that the solution to him being, to the brother being in prison was to have his family imprisoned. He's controlling them. I guess under the, yeah, I mean, I guess it was under the guise of keeping his family safe, but really he was just keeping them prisoners. The kid had compassion for his mom, but he also was a kid looking to find out who he was. And he, you know, very quickly identified with the Nagazi. Yeah, it takes decades for kids to do that. We don't have time for that. The train is about to derail. So pick a side, kid. Figure it out. Get out of the way. Because in the fast world of extractions, we don't have time for you to find yourself. But this, but unlike other movies in this genre, this is not about saving the world. This is like a personal mission to save his niece and nephew. And this is also like a personal vendetta on part of the bad guys who exact, who just want to exact revenge on the betraying wife and mother. The stakes aren't greater than that, right? Yeah. Family's messy. That's it. <laughs> I mean, can family being messy justify the body count in this movie, which is like probably what? A couple hundred people? Uh, I'm sure. Yeah, everybody's and well billions outfitted. billions of dollars of damage. Lots of ammo. Yeah, lots of bulletproof vests. Vehicles and planes blowing up willy-nilly. Yeah, office buildings, police cars, the entire police force. Yeah, but it's all in service. And they got what? They got all three of them out. He got all three of them out. But the world is on his side. Ethan Hunt, Mission Impossible style, the, like like the Lost World Jurassic Park, the glass breaks only when it's supposed to. <laughs> well, you have to shoot it strategically. Yeah, strategically so that, so that it doesn't break while they're sliding down. And even though he's shooting it, it breaks when he needs to fall through and hold on to the edge of something. Pretty much. I realize that I'm trying to reason my way through this discussion. Like, because I can also bring up the fact that older brother doesn't shoot either Tyler or Nick when he clearly has the opportunity to at the very end. He has both Tyler and Nick drop their guns and then doesn't shoot them. Yep. But reasoning my way through this discussion is not going to get me very <laughs> far. Right. I'm trying to use logic to justify my overall dissatisfaction. Really? Which I don't think could be logically explained. Was there anything exciting or new about this movie i think that it's all been in service of what's the excuse for him to run around and shoot stuff and blow stuff up real good it was more or less functional to the kind of movie that they wanted to make we knew that when they went into the church that's always the last fight right it always takes place in a church everyone in the movie got shot and hurt and was all messed up everyone got shot didn't the mom even get shot the kid got shot in the arm and then the uh police come bursting in at the end of the fight i assume Nick called them, but they come running in and go right around the other shot bloody people. How do they know which ones are the good ones? It's all in service of, of the hero story because we know that Tyler Rake is unstoppable. Uh, even, you know, he fell off the bridge and I was like, well, he's going to get out of that somehow in Extraction 1. And it wasn't like, oh, the mystery was that hazy figure in the background. Could it have been Tyler? Maybe. Of course it's Tyler. Of course it's going to be Tyler in, in Extraction 3. I think this series is going to get real 
boring real fast if we need to find just another opportunity for an extraction. And then the, it'll change over time. It'll be extraction three, uh, rakes romance, and then it'll be, <laughs> then it'll just be like rake four, like they did with Rambo. <laughs> rake four. I think that's good. Because how many extractions can he possibly do? I don't know. I mean, I guess that's his job and everything. Yeah, but these things, they lose their uh, their original meaning. What's another one that just completely lost its 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 meaning over time? Like it doesn't matter what it's called? They're not even called the Fast and the Furious anymore. It's just like Fast no. X. <laughs> yep. But they, it's interchangeable. Like I think 7 was Furious 7 or Furious 6 or something. Fast or Furious, yeah. depending. And to be confused with Too Fast, Too Furious. Was that 4 or that 2? Was two. Don't try to add the twos up. <laughs> I just didn't know if that's a math problem or if that's a <laughs> or what's going on there. But it's all about family. Exactly. As is extraction two. And I'm sure we'll be moving forward. And that kid is gonna lose her arm from the gunshot wound and it'll be replaced with like a weapon arm and she'll be the kick ass <laughs> style sidekick. I have to say the the prison riot was a little bit like um SPS. Extraction is not for those people. Yeah, I was definitely feeling some SPS, some sensory processing sensitivity in like the prison scene. But there were some really clever tactical things that Tyler does. Like I definitely took note of the grenade in the elevator and then they come busting out of the stairwell. Yeah, I think that fight in particular caught your notice because that's been touted as the crazy legendary like one single uninterrupted take that took like 22 tries and took like six months or whatever. But uh, it wasn't, I mean, it was kind of obvious. We've seen these tricks before. The Alfonso Cuaron style cheat cuts, they were obvious to me, weren't they to you? Yeah. And it was cool. And it's always, well, mostly admirable when people attempt to do the real real time stuff. I definitely noticed that in the train, but you can always see the edits. Sure. And I was calling them out and maybe that's jerky of me or whatever, but you can't pass it off as a legitimate, you know, like old boy style long take unless you're going to do it. But don't try to cheat people. It's not real. Um, they they seem pretty obvious and as neat and admirable as it was, that scene was in the prison was pretty much an onslaught nonstop mm. and, uh, mm. and, and can make you feel a little bit drained and tired. Yeah. So then overall, did you come out of this feeling exhilarated or did you kind of come out feeling a little drained? Um, It was I mean, this is a contemporary action movie. And so um, we're in the middle of my my birthday celebration right now. When Kelly asked me what I wanted for my birthday, I said I wanted to watch all four Indiana Joneses ahead of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny as much as that's going to wow. suck. But man, she was like yawning and checking her watch during Temple of Doom during the card sequence, for God's sake, the mine card. And I wow. think that I think that we've been overstimulated having just watched Extraction 2 ahead of it. And uh, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot, and it's, it's we've been dialed up to 11, and that's not what we're accustomed to. And I think it's the only thing keeping this movie on its feet is just nonstop. Because if we give it a second, then we'll pick it apart like we're doing in a podcast. The fact that this terribly wounded body of a movie that's literally full of holes is just picked up and dragged through fight scene after fight scene so that he's like fighting and killing everybody with dexterity and and deafness, right? And then as soon as it's done, then he's in the hospital and can barely move. If you stop running and if you stop gunning, it's going to be hard to get back on your feet. Yep. You just got to keep on going. Can't let up, man. 
And that narrative of health seems to work. Yep. Except for the brother character, who was just fodder. Aw, poor Yaz. Brothers are expendable. Ah. <laughs> uh... All right, Wes, so I guess this is your jam then. Because uh... I kind of do blame you, but at least you liked it. Well, there will be more. Do, do I feel compelled like i have to see extraction three i don't know but it's available on netflix it's easy to download and and i'll, I'll watch it um i gave the gray man a, a good review but it seems to be fading in my memory now so when the gray man 2 comes around and they were like let's what about what does the old man say about it or whoever that character was um maybe i'll care again i'm not sure do i care who the who idris elba's employer is not necessarily I'm sure it'll be someone who wants Tyler Rake to do bad shit. And sure, it'll be fine. But I didn't have a bad time. That's what's important. I didn't have a bad time during Extraction 2. And I had as much fun picking it apart with you. Aw. So is that what it's come down to then? I didn't have a bad time. This is like your backhanded, like I didn't hate it rating. Because yeah. it didn't really have a happy ending necessarily they got out but he didn't get back with his wife he got a little bit of reprieve from his grief over abandoning his kid or whatever because this isn't a sentimental movie man this is a stab people in the neck with a rake movie <laughs> Wes I just feel like we I can't I don't want to be at that point I'm gonna go bold and and give extraction to a big fat boring man because I don't want to not hate things I don't want to just not hate things okay Chris Hemsworth, so you want more hate in your life? You need the hate to keep, you no. need the bad to, 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 to enjoy the good? No, I want full on like. I want a full on like or love things. And you can't find anything to latch onto. Chris Hemsworth needs a job. And this is what he's got, <laughs> so this is the So this is the Chris Hemsworth charity project? Yeah. He needs a franchise. <laughs> Give Thor, who's the dumbest superhero. No, he, Jennifer Lopez deserved the mother. Oh, yeah. Chris Hemsworth is a bona fide movie star. He doesn't need extraction. Maybe, that's, though. That's the difference between this and the mother. She knew that it was going to be a one-off, presumably. Whereas Chris Hemsworth, this is what he does, I guess. I guess. But, like, does the world need extraction, too? I mean, you could probably justify that it needs or or benefits from the mother. Yeah, well, we need Extraction 3 because they left us hanging, bro. They didn't give us the the real happiness for him. We didn't get the, thir the shirtless thirst trap montage or whatever. There's still stuff to be explored. In the Extraction universe, am I going to be able to get you to come along for the next one? <sighs> Took me four tries to get through Extraction. Wow. That's what I'm saying. Two or one? Well, this one. For Two. this one? The second one. Okay. Globetrotting, sweet guns. Lots of fighting, no complicated romance, stupid kids. So officially, a, a what, what did I give it an, an all right? And you gave it a boring Extraction 2. That's going to be awkward for Extraction 3. You know, I've been thinking a lot about our rating system. I really wonder if we should abandon it. Like, it's important, I feel, to fall on one side of the fence or the, or the other. But I wish we didn't have to give ratings. But maybe I'm also just resigned to the fact that I'm not going to ever work with all of these people. Sure you are. And it's going to be really awkward when he asks you what you think of his movies. I can say that Iris, the the critic, does not represent Iris, the producer. And I cannot be held. You know, the, all those disclaimers that are at the top of DVD extras where they're like, this does not represent the feelings or, or attitudes of the studio. Exactly. Your disclaimer will be like, uh, Iris watches movies really late at night and falls asleep. So they have to be achieved piecemeal. <laughs> 
And that's our discussion on Extraction 2, available on Netflix. You got a all right, I didn't hate it. You got <laughs> I didn't hate it from Wes and a big fat boring from Iris. Check out Extraction, our discussion on distraction. 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 Exactly. Take, extraction check out our discussion. <laughs> check out our discussion on extraction available at orwhatevermovies.com plus 200 plus other discussions at orwhatevermovies.com and contact us because we love to hear from you, our listener. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric acid. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. Electricast.